We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. What's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizzapia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host. And this is the baseball edition, not to be confused with the NFL, which is also out there right now. This is for you baseball folks out there still grinding, still playing hard with just a, a couple you know, games really left in the season here. But we're still here. And of course, it wouldn't be a podcast on Friday if John McKechnie didn't join me. So, Johnny boy, are you ready to go for round two with a little baseball? Oh, I, I'm absolutely ready. Yeah, we warmed up with the football show to get us really ready for the baseball one. So that's right. Um, you know, I'm going to be using a lot of uh, target data to explain my, <laughs> my my pitching matchups and just yeah, I'm going to be mixing metaphors left and right here. That's so the plan. Much, so much volume for Zach Granke today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a hundred pitches. It's how many catches can can Trevor Bauer get? You know, really, that's that's really what I want to see. You know, how many how many targets is Trevor Bauer going to have? That's the idea. But uh, what well, the high floor, low ceiling guy? What can you say? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make this work because we are hashtag versatile. So let's get to it here and let's start with the pitchers. Top of the board, Justin Verlander, who has found himself again in Houston. He's ten thousand eight hundred. Top of the pops, baby, against Garrett Richards, who's pitched pretty well. But look, cash game-wise, you look at the K rate here of Justin Verlander, and it's been great. The walks are way down, too. We're talking at – I mean, it's it's not even close. This is looking like Justin Verlander back to the MVP Cy Young-type years. So, I mean, sign me up for cash games. I don't think you got to get fancy at all in this one. Best Verlander lineup wins. I, I think that's a great way of putting it. Um, I, I think that um, – you know, if you go underneath that, I, I think Grinky's a fine play at home. Um, but yeah, Verlander really has kind of uh, been dominant of late. And, you know, uh, two starts ago, he went up against the Angels uh, in Anaheim. Uh, nine strikeouts over eight shutout innings um, with one walk in, the, in that stretch. He's, he's, he hasn't, I don't know if he's even allowed a, uh, more than one walk in any of his starts in a Houston uniform yet. So, I mean, he's just been incredible at limiting the base runners, uh, just getting the wins he's a lock for a quality start and like, like you've said you know Garrett Richards has, has been pretty solid since returning um, but the Angels are, are being very you know, and rightfully so very careful with his pitch count so you can't count on Richards to get deep into that game then the, you know which means that 
the Astros are going to get exposure to the Angels' bullpen for several innings, and that's always a good thing. Um, so I think that Verlander really is, uh, you know, that's one where you really don't need to overthink it, like you said. Yeah, you got Zach Greinke on there at home at ten, like at seven hundred dollars less. He's at ten thousand one hundred. I'd rather have Verlander. Rich Hill is always tricky because he's always just a blister away, and the strikeout rate is good, but he's going against the Giants, which is a team that doesn't strike out a lot. Blah blah blah. And he's a he's a five inning pitcher anyway. I don't think I think he's priced way too high for me to get interested in at ninety five. You know, it's funny. Although Tanaka has been better in the second half, I don't trust Tanaka. So let's go with John Gray here, and let's talk about him against the Padres. Now, Gray is a strikeout pitcher, but he's $9,000. Going against Jordan Lyles, I like Gray. I think this is really pushing the border, though, for me, price-wise. I'm willing to try some GPP lineups in it, but it's got to be – you know, like where you go all the way, min-sal catcher, when you find somebody who's just in a good spot in the batting order. This has got to be a couple, probably, you know, $2,200 outfielders range where you got to find maybe one or two of those guys in order to make great work in GPP. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, continuing with that, you know, it is going to be in Petco, and it – um you know, it is an, an, against an offense that ranks 29th in, in baseball in terms of weighted on base over the last month. So, you know, not that that surprises anyone. I could have, you know, used that split for, dating back to the start of the season. It'd probably be the same. The, the Padres are just bad. Um, but there's something about the, the Rockies right now. And, and Gray, um, he, he does tend to kind of like, you know, he'll cruise a little bit and then uh, things start to unravel a little bit. And it seems like they unravel in a hurry. And then all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, you check your phone. And Gray's out of the game after five innings, uh, seven strikeouts, but he's got four runs against him. So that, that's my only concern with him. Yeah, Trevor Bauer is another guy as good as they've been in Cleveland. I, I just I can't trust him. I won't trust him. I know on the road typically he's his better spot, but I'm still not there. Now, let's talk about some oppo appeal here. I, I know Richards has pitched pretty well in his last start here. He's ramping up from injury. I think he's still a little bit limited. Yes. But if you're going to go contrarian – I don't think Richards is terrible at 7K. I think if you you could go Verlander in cash and go Richards on the other side of it, and if you lose the cash games, maybe just maybe Richards hits and makes up for it. Yeah, that nice. Little, yeah, that's a nice little hedge there. And you know, I I think that uh, yeah, I mean, if if this is a case where where Sosha kind of uh, lightens the uh, lightens the restrictions on him and, and you know, kind of lets uh, Richards get a little bit deeper into this game, let, lets him go, uh, you know, into the seventh. Uh, that that could certainly uh, be something where he, you know I think Richards can do a lot with with uh, that sort of opportunity there. So we'll we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, overall, I'd say I'm a little bit worried about it. I'm kind of just shying away from the cheaper pitchers for the most part tonight. Um, but he, he certainly is the, is probably the most talented of the bunch in in that area of the board. Now I don't usually like Colorado stacks outside of Colorado, but when I do, oh, it's against Jordan Lyles. So uh, for me, I'm looking at him. I know it's in San Diego. Don't care. I mean, this guy's a gas can. So uh, you know he's not going to be long for this game either. I mean, if you get four innings out of him, it's, you know, <laughs> you could throw a parade. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, so I'm give me Blackman tonight. And, they, again, this is what you need. If, if you're going to go down to a board and try a Richards, you can go up and get the Blackmans and some of the other, you know, big bats in Colorado and try to, you know, get some runs that way. Adam Conley in Arizona, too, targeting some of the Diamondbacks, another good way to go about it. And then, of course, you've got the Washington Nationals going against Robert Gazelman, who has been, you know, not good this year. I think that's uh, that's a kind way of putting it. You know, the 5 ERA, although he was better in his last outing, he came away with a win. He's a little bit better of late. He's still basically 
a very hit or miss guy, and I'm willing to take the risk there with some of those lefty bats like Murphy in that lineup. Anybody else for you where you see them and you go, yep, give me that guy. I feel good about stacking against him. Uh, as far as stacking against, um, you know, can't fault anyone if you if you want to st- stack against Ubaldo. Um, I'm I'm a little bit interested to see because um, because Woodruff uh, talent wise is one of the best pitchers uh, in the Brewers system, but how is he going to respond to like a playoff atmosphere? Because we we saw a glimpse of it last night, and the Brewers did not uh, really uh, live up to it. They uh, they kind of folded late game. Um, I'm worried that maybe Woodruff uh, is a guy that that might get a little bit lit up tonight. Yeah. I'm worried about the Brewers. I think that Jimmy Nelson injury took a lot of the wind out of the sails. I know. And like, <clears throat> you know, I live up here and like, I want to catch Brewers fever, especially because my Orioles are just hanging out in the in the toilet right now. Um, so like, I want something to cheer for, but um, it, you know, it, you gotta, you gotta beat the best to be the best. And obviously the Cubs kind of own this division right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, one last other GPP consideration for pitcher that I'm not stacking against that I'd consider using uh, is Ben Lively. And I think people might be a little bit concerned that he only went three innings last time out, but that that was a rain-shortened uh, outing. Before that, uh, he had gone eight innings, seven innings, and six innings uh, without allowing uh, uh, more than three runs in any of those starts. Uh, not a great uh, K rate for him, but he's going against Atlanta. Um, I think that uh, you know Philly has been red hot, so I think that he's going to get some run support here tonight. Um, so maybe, maybe take a flyer on Ben Lively in a GPP. Yeah, I got one more GBP guy that I'd throw out there too, and it's going to be tricky, but I, I, this is a guy with immense talent. It's Ronaldo Lopez against the yeah, against the uh, Kansas City Royals. Uh, Lopez is a very good young pitcher. Yep. You know, he's been a little up and down, but uh, strikeout potential is there, even though you haven't seen it in the last couple games. It doesn't mean it's not there. Um, I, I would be willing at 6,400 to go down there and take a shot at him because that just opens you up completely across the board for giant offense. And if he does hit, that's a huge win. And look at the way Kansas city's played when Mustakas and Perez and these guys have basically, you know, completely hit the skids here towards the end of the year. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Gary Sanchez, top of the board of catcher 3,600 at Toronto, not a bad investment. I, I think it's certainly worthy against Estrada. I would take my uh, risk there. Uh, Yachty is always safe. 33 is a little bit higher than yesterday's 300, uh, 3000. I'd rather it be closer to the three range sure. than 33. Uh, Perez, who I mentioned earlier, who was a guy that we rode with for months. We've been off for a while now. It just looks like he's finally hit a wall. Buster Posey all the way down 2,800. Now, look, I, I know Posey isn't lighting the world on fire power wise, but still on base is good. He's got a lefty righty matchup. I know Hill is tough, but at 2,800, I think Posey is a very, very good buy tonight. Yeah, and he, he has, you know, like in, I know you and I aren't like huge BVP guys, but, um, you know, he does have some uh, some track record of success against Hill. I think he's like five for 12 against him with a couple extra base knocks. So, uh, like you said, uh, when you're getting Posey uh, at 2,800, you don't need that, like, a, you know, home run upside the same way that you would uh, if you're paying up for Gary Sanchez. And obviously, Posey doesn't necessarily offer that. Uh, these days but he is you know a a quality enough hitter to where he can certainly get on base you know three times hopefully you know come around to score or something to you know kind of round it out give you a double digit output uh, from 2800 yeah and otherwise like I said just look for a catcher who is you know down at the bottom who's in a good spot in the order and that's how you're gonna start to make budget savings in order to get uh, Verlander into the lineup tonight in cash games that's that's like your only bet in order to do that all right first base hello Reese Hoskins over at first base oh, now. 
Hello, welcome to first base. Now we have uh, some decisions to make here. 4,400 for Hoskins in Atlanta. I like him better oh, in Philly, man. but still, still, you know, but this do is love Atlanta me where the ball just flies, man. It does. It does. It flies in Philly too. I mean, it's not terrible. He's got Newcomb, so the lefty righty thing is good. You know, we just love the fact that he just gets on base a ton, but 44 is tough for me. See, I like him in the outfield, you know, but I have to make that one investment in the corner. Mm -hmm. You know, especially let's talk about Goldschmidt. Obviously, 42, we like the matchup there. But I think we have to talk about Matt Olson, who I'm telling you right now, he has a hole in his swing. You're not going to see it because he's been so good in September and a lot of the pitching in September is quad A, weird middle relief stuff where, and rookies who aren't ready. Well, that, that's what year, the Rangers are in general. It but, is. As as and he's going to get found out next year in season long. I just want everybody to know. But for right now, at 42, he seems like a – almost a lock investment. I mean, he's really flown up the, the salary wire here. Yeah, it's it's absurd, you know, for him to be checking in at 4,200 that, you know, the same as Goldschmidt. But, you know, at this point in the season, you, you sort of need to detach yourself from the names here a little bit. And, uh, you know, when, when you look at it, Goldschmidt, since he had that uh, elbow flare-up earlier this month, has not been the same guy. I mean, uh, as of Wednesday, he, is, he had been hitting like 182 since then. So uh, 4,200, I know the matchup is, is good and it's at home. And that's, you know, usually where you like to target uh, your Diamondbacks' bats. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to use Goldschmidt again for DFS uh, this season, honestly. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's, it's getting to that point. Uh, we mentioned also in Atlanta where the ball flies out, Freddie Freeman. Certainly in play tonight. Uh, Joey Votto always in play, especially at home. He's priced very well, 24100 But we got to make a little bit of constant somewhere. We got to make some cuts, do some tough things. Zimmerman at 34, absolutely in play against the Mets and Gazelman, in my opinion. Uh, continuing down there. You know, let's talk about Smoke for a second because Smoke is down to 3K again. The power's still been there. The average hasn't. He's going against Tanaka, though, who's given up a ton of home runs this year. I'm back on the Smoke wagon. Are you back there with me? Yeah, yeah, that's smoke, man. Yeah. Dude, it's going to be so awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah, going against Tanaka. He's at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, light it up, man. Go for smoke. All right, Hanley coming off a big game here. He's also in play at 2,800. Uh, I don't love Hanley, but against Sal Romano, I can tolerate him in Cincinnati where I expect a decent run total uh, in that one, always in play. Then you got Miguel Cabrera, who's been 2,600 now for a week-long straight and it's against Kyle Gibson, so I'm here again. And last time I went there was the 15-point night. I went there again yesterday, actually two times this week. So two of the three times I went there, it paid off. Uh, one time it did not. But uh, when you look at the matchup, it's Kyle Gibson. I'm okay with that one. I'll go back to this well again and put Verlander in a lineup with Cabrera. Uh, no, I, I love that call. And, you know, 2,600, it's just really like, all right, you're just slapping Miguel Cabrera in the face at this point for, with that salary. Like, he's he's going to outperform that for, for certain. And then, uh, you know, anytime uh, going against a, a Twins pitcher not named Big Irv, um, it's probably going to work out for your batter. So I like that call. Uh, same price tag, um, 2,600. Uh, Logan Morrison, uh, he's just a guy that, that, you know, it's hard to trust him. It's definitely a boomer bust type of guy, uh, but a left-handed bat going against Ubaldo Jimenez uh, in Baltimore. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he certainly has, has potential for, for extra bases here. I know he's faced Ubaldo a fair bit uh, this year as well. Um, he's uh, six for 14 lifetime with, with uh, four extra base hits off of him. So that, I mean, that's, that's pretty solid history there. Um, I, so I like Morrison a fair bit as well. All right, let's go over to the other side of the diamond at third base here. 
Top of the board, we've got Justin Turner dealing with a thumb at 41. You got Chris Bryant at 41. Rendon, who I love, all the way jacked up though to 39. Usually he's in that mid threes, a little bit higher tonight. I'll still take my chances there, but Nolan Arenado, same price. Lock and load, baby. I'm telling you, I'm all in on the Colorado Rockies tonight against Lyles. I was in last night on Donaldson hard as well. Uh, Todd Zola and I had talked about that one. Sometimes you get them right, sometimes you get them wrong. Last night, not right, but I'm willing to go back to this well again for the same reason as Smoke. Maybe, just maybe, a little mini, uh, little, little Toronto action, maybe some pairing happening. Yeah, yeah, the Smoke and Donaldson combo, you know, you're really not paying a ton for, for uh, you know, the, the sort of quality bats that you're getting against a guy that, you, that you've mentioned uh, has a really high home run rate, so, uh, uh, you know, per nine. Um, so I think, yeah, if you, if you use those two guys on your corners, um, and I think it's possible probably to, you know, you're, you're probably going to have to go cheap in the outfield in order to swing this, but if you wanted to go Smoke, Donaldson, and Verlander, I think you can do it. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's very doable. All right, Todd Frazier, we all know, with 37, he had been better. Then you got your boy Manny Machado, your Orioles guy at 35 at home. Uh, continuing to go down here, I always prefer Travis Shaw at home. Uh, he is at home in this one, in this contest tonight against Lackey. That's one we didn't really talk about too much, too, is if we want to go to some Brewers against Lackey. Uh, again, you know, for me, Shaw's home stats are, are undeniable. I'm willing to go down to Shaw as well in this one. Uh, I know oftentimes Jake Lamb is on our menu at 32, but he's kind of gone dormant. And I think I think yeah. it's time that with the Lamb's gone bad. I think. Yeah, we're, yeah, you know we're a seasonal uh, type of restaurant, so you know we'll 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 bring him back next spring. But uh, you know we're, we're retiring him for the winter. <laughs> That's right. You know you gotta you know everything's cyclical. We're a seasonal menu here. That's what we Especially, do. We like yep. to keep a seasonal menu around these parts. All right. Really, I don't think there's any really dirt cheap options at third base that we really like. So I think you're going to have to make some, you know, concessions there to pay up for a couple guys. Uh, if you want to try to go the Jed Jerko route, maybe get lucky, get a home run. Eduardo Escobar, another guy there too. Uh, Beltre's okay, but again, you're missing that power upside. I think the power is starting to leave him a little bit here as he's, you know, closing in on the end of his career. But I think that mid-range that we talked about is probably where you want to stay and find a way to get Arenado, find a way to make it work. All right, yes. second base over here, Whit Merrifield, Jose Ramirez, D. Gordon, Jed Lowry, Jose Altuve. Who's your favorite of the higher-end guys on this one? Who, uh, that, you know, this is, a, this is an interesting one because, you know, like, like I was just saying, you got to detach the names a little bit. And uh, Whit Merrifield – frankly has been fantastic over the, you know, pretty much this whole season, but, you know, especially of late. And I think, you know, right now he kind of warrants that, um, that high price tag among second basemen. Um, but I probably, um, you know, I think based on the matchup here and, and kind of recent production, plus the power upside uh, and the splits here, Brian Dozier at 39, is I think, a, you know, this is a Twins team that is, you know, the opposite of packing it in that, you know, they got a race to get back into here um, going for that second wild card spot. And I think that Dozier going against a lefty and Daniel Norris, um, I think he's going to, yeah, I think he's going to leave the yard tonight, honestly. Yeah. Moncada at 37, Murphy at 36. It's a good grouping there as well. Sound matchups, uh, sound return on investment. Moncada's really come on strong of late. Uh, I love what I've seen out of him. The guy's just Same. super talented. Um, you know, I own him in a lot of dynasty situations there. And, you know, it's just, it's a no brainer. LeMahieu at 33 is cheaper. If he was 3K, I'd love it. 33 kind of goes back to that Yachty thing. Like, I just want a little bit more of a discount because it does show up later on when you're trying to 
staff the rest of this lineup here and make budget. You go all the way down to the board, there really is not much there. You could see if somebody's in the lineup on a one-off, maybe in a good spot in the order. But outside of that, I think it's the guys we're talking about. Maybe scope at 29, try to hope for the power there. Uh, that's the last guy I feel good about. Any love for yeah. Neil Walker at home, 31? Um, I think, you know, going against uh, Lackey and, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, a switch hitter that, you know, he's going to be facing uh, Lackey as a left-handed hitter. I, I like him as a, le- as a lefty bat uh, a fair bit. Um, so I think that Walker Walker at 31 or, or Scope at 29, um, you know, both of those are sort of like end of the road. After that, it gets a little bit dicey um, the rest of the way down, like you said. But, um, yeah. I think I think either of those guys are viable. I, I'm not like super excited to be using Neil Walker, but I think it's like you know something that he's not going to give you a goose egg. All right. Speaking of goose eggs, I got to address the elephant in the room, and his name is Carlos Correa. All right, thirty-four hundred. He's been in this price range forever. I keep going down to this well, and I keep waiting for him to return. And I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I'm checking out. Carlos Correa, you can have your $3,400 back. I don't want you anymore. I'll see you uh, next year. Yeah, I see you next year because I keep. it's like that year that Robinson Cano a couple years ago was dirt cheap. He was like $2,500. I just every lineup had in Cano, and eventually he came around. But, oh, my gosh, I feel much better about DeJong at 33 than I do at 34 on Correa. Uh, Bogarts at 33, I feel better about. Didi at 37, I feel better about. All these guys – uh, even going up to the board on Cozart if I can. Now, the tricky part is some of these guys already talked about, you're not going to be able to afford Trey Turner unless you're going down to, you know, one of those lower cost pitchers like we talked about, Reynaldo Lopez. So we got to find somebody here. Uh, Trevor Story, very hit or miss, not in Colorado, but it is Lyles. Is he in play at 32 for you? Story, um, I think I've just been burned by him uh, too many times yeah. to really like it. You know, he's like the ultimate boomer bust shortstop because he he gives you you know kind of uncommon power upside from that from a middle infield spot. Um, but it feels like more often than not, uh, you like his chances of going you know over four with three strikeouts than you do him getting on base more than once. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a it's a really tricky thing. You know, the outfield is going to have a lot of names right now that are sneaky. 22, $2,500 plays. The infield doesn't. Solarte, maybe <clears throat> at 26. Yeah, like that. That's the one guy against Gray that I think can it still give you, you know, six points and just give you a little bit of foundation. I think that's doable. Is there anybody else that I'm missing here? Uh, if you had to really punt, like if you're totally pinched against the cap, uh, 2,200 Orlando Arcia uh, yeah. going against Lackey. So again, you know, getting a piece of that Brewers uh, game, you know, in, in, you know, having faith that uh, the Brewers are going to be able to get to Lackey. I, I kind of do think that they will be able to. Um, Lackey, as I can't believe he's still, you know, a, a starting pitcher for, a, you know, a playoff contending team at this point. It, it just still boggles my mind, but... Uh, regardless of my thoughts on that, uh, I do think that Arcia um, at 2200, you could certainly do a lot worse if you if you needed to punt at one spot to to kind of load up elsewhere. Over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com/slash/RotoWire and you'll get a free six month RotoWire subscription plus free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com/slash/RotoWire. Void where prohibited. Onto the outfield, top of the boards. Trout, Judge, J.D. Martinez having a heck of a run with Arizona. And then you got Stanton and his 56 gajillion home runs this year at 45. But this is a tough night to pay up for outfield. If there's one that I love, it's Charlie Blackman against Lyles at 42. I think that's my fade from the very top of this board. Continuing to go down here, you always got Chris Davis, who's viable, you know, for the home run there. 
Domingo Santana, I think, has had a very underrated season at home against Lackey. Yep. That's one that I like, too. If you're going to you know, pay up for at least one outfielder, that's certainly a way. And Santana, John, has just been lightning in a bottle lately. He has just been so good. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, uh, last night was it last night? I think that he, that he went uh, yard. I think a solo shot, like uh, out to dead center. Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> over his last four games, uh, like almost a hundred Fanduel points, it, or, or maybe more. Like that's uh, that's pretty crazy stuff. And again, uh, I think both of, both you and I agree that that Lackey um, is someone that that not necessarily you're completely loading up against, but you definitely don't mind using some Brewers bats against him. Uh, so I'm with you there. Um, another guy that's been on fire of late, uh, checking in at 3,800, uh, Tommy Pham. So, yep. it, you know, I used a, a Pham and DeYoung uh, stack the other night when they were playing against Cincinnati. That worked out really well. Um, I, I'd probably go to that well again uh, going against Pittsburgh. Uh, just that, you know, Pham not only has that power upside, um, but, he, he, you know, he's stolen 22 bags this year as well. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of versatility uh, from him. So, like, if he was like your, your – you know, your number one outfielder, the one that you paid up for uh, relative to the rest of your team. Uh, I, I think that's a fine play. Yeah, talk about a season nobody saw coming there because uh, I certainly didn't see Tommy Pham coming. I can tell you that much. But, yeah, I'm buying in. I'm also buying into $3,300 Chris Taylor if he's in the lineup tonight. I mean, another guy, we talk about power, a little bit of speed. I mean, this guy's just been so consistent. The batting average is there. The OBP is solid. Like, he's just a solid return 33 bat where you know you're going to get points. And that's what you want, especially in the cash games. You want that kind of stuff. I think 3,100, I think Billy Hamilton's actually in play tonight because the contact rates are so high for Porcello where I think he, if he's in the lineup, he can make some contact, get on, steal a base or two, and give you a return on the 31. That's a good one. Uh, continuing to go down this board here, looking for some cost savings because we're going to need it. <clears throat> Again, Byron Buxton, 29. He's going against Derek Norris, who's not going to pitch more than five innings for sure in this one. That's another one. Uh, I keep saying this. I'm going to say it one more time. Look for the cheap outfielders, the Piscottis at 22, you know, yes. last couple of weeks. You know, these are the kind of guys that, I mean, under 2,500, you can find a couple lineup building guys, but you're not going to know until we get closer to lineup lock who those guys are and where they are in the batting order. So just scout that. Uh, the last one I'm going to give you is Duval at 2,400. Uh, I'm going to take my chances there. Again, the power's always there with Adam Duval. It's a little all or nothing, but at 24, I'll take that risk. Uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. And, you know, anytime that, you know, we're, we're getting bats that are playing in Cincinnati, um, I think you could certainly do worse. And, and, you know, you let off the show talking about a guy that you <clears throat> wouldn't mind loading up against a little bit. Um, I mean, Jason Worth at 2,500 um, going against Gesellman. Yep. Uh, you know, if, again, you know, you got you to gotta make sure that he's in the lineup. But, but if he is, um, you know, he usually hits, you know, in that upper half of it. Um, I know his production hasn't been particularly great since returning uh, lately, but, you know, I, I still think at 25, uh, there's room for, for some, for like marginal profit there. All right. You can follow him at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pisa PS 17 for everybody at Rotowire. Have a great night of daily fantasy. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.